When you hear the word prohibition, what do you think of? Do you picture the roaring 20s and gangsters like Al Capone? Maybe you think of drug prohibition, gambling, sex work, or age restrictions on tobacco. Maybe you consider the migrants who are forbidden from crossing international borders. Whatever comes to mind, you probably know that various forms of prohibition are embedded into the fabric of our society, and if you're like most people, you don't think it's working. I'm Scott Cecil, the host of Prohibited, a podcast about prohibition. On this show, I explore the impacts of prohibition by interviewing those who are working to dismantle, create, or maintain its various forms. This is Prohibited. I am from a state where pregnancy is criminalized, where poverty is criminalized, where it's dangerous to be gay or trans, where it's very dangerous to be a person of color. And I know what this ban will do to millions of women. I live here now. I'm from rural Arkansas. If you don't know what to do next, what you do is you keep showing up and you keep fighting and you find your community and you do not fall into despair. It is not hopeless. How you fight the fight matters and we will win. We have an illegitimate court that is making decisions for millions of people in this country. This court is filled with justices who were placed there by presidents who are not elected by the popular vote, who are married to literal insurrectionists, and who committed perjury when they were installed there by the illegitimate presidents who installed them there in the first place. And all these guys are making choices about our bodies, about women's bodies, about trans bodies, and about the families of every single person in this country. They have no business making that decision. I'm out here because we need to get organized. For too long it's been we show up on a comfortable Saturday protest and maybe we vote once a year. We don't even vote in primaries. We barely even vote at the main elections. So we need to level up our activism and make sure that we're getting involved in a consistent basis. We need to be taking every single path available to us. So that means we need to be donating and giving and supporting abortion clinics and abortion funds. That's immediate, that's right now. We need to stay in the streets and exert political pressure because we have a democratic trifecta that's not doing shit for us right now. So we need to be continuing to pressure Biden. We need to be pressuring the Senate to actually do things that they have in their power, like ending the bullshit filibuster so they can actually pass the laws that they campaign on and made us vote for in the first place. And we need to continue to push for voting, and that means voting for progressives who are actually going to fight for the things that they're campaigning on. So to me, those are the big pieces, and all of that involves nonviolent direct action and community organizing. So working together in community, in solidarity, centering the voices of black and brown organizers, because they're the ones who are going to be most impacted by this, um, and just continuing to fight. We got the news this morning during a keynote by uh, the Assistant Secretary of Health Admiral, Dr. Rachel Levine. Uh, she got the news while she was delivering her keynote this morning from someone in the audience who was asking a question. And I saw the look on her face. She looked like she wanted to cry, uh, but that she was like trying to be strong for the rest of us to inspire us to like also stay strong and fight. And, the odds that I was in D.C. today when this happened, uh, I couldn't not be here. Uh, when shit like this happens, I want to be around other people who feel the same way I do. So I hopped on my bike and I rode down. I'm a trans person. I know what it's like to feel like my bodily autonomy is under attack. Uh, I am a social worker. I work with people in recovery. I work uh, with people who actively use drugs. I work with sex workers. I believe everybody has a right to choose uh, what they want to do with their body, how they want to do it, when they want to do it, what they don't want to do, and more. So I'm here to support.
I'm here because this just shows that Alito says that you have to look at the Constitution. That's why women can't control their own bodies. Well, then we need a new Constitution. We need a better Constitution. We need one that's going to give equal rights and protection to women. And we need federal legislation that's going to protect women's right to choose their uh, control and choose make their own choices uh, for everywhere across the country, no matter where you live. And that's really it. Just everybody, it's nobody else's business. What do you think the path forward is to turn this around? Getting out on the street is a good one. Um, but it's, everybody knows that the majority of people are, support the right to choose. It's not a question of majority opinion. Um, I, I think maybe adding representation for D.C. and for Puerto Rico might be useful. Expand the court. Um, but the main and, and Congress has to act and to pass the ERA and, and pass the legislation that's needed. Um, but I don't think it's uh, going to be by voting. I don't think that voting for the Democrats is going to help because when they had both houses of the Congress, when they've had the chance, they haven't done it. They haven't passed the ERA. They haven't done anything. And they had the chance. They didn't want to do it, apparently. And so um, I understand why people vote. They think it's the lesser evil, but it's pretty evil. And women and people with uteruses will be kidnapped and put into cages. That is what's going to happen because Roe v. Wade was overturned today. That is what is at stake. Women and people with uteruses who look like me will be put in cages. Shame! It's not right. It's not right. We should have the freedom to have bodily autonomy and choice over what we do. And we should not be paralyzed for it. And the fact of the matter is that guns in this motherfucking country have more rights than we do. pregnancy to full term. Those are our freedoms right now, y'all. Unless we do something. So I implore you, stay mad. If you're not mad, then you need to get mad. I implore you to organize in your communities. I implore you to talk to the people around you and y'all need to get fucking organized. Basically, it seems 
ironic the two decisions that the Supreme Court has um, reached this week, and so I was trying to stick them both in the thing because I think they are interrelated. But um, basically, it just seems like guns get better protection than women's lives nowadays. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I mean, like I've been to a. I'm not like a. As I was telling her, I'm not a protest junkie, but I've been to a lot of protests since Trump got elected and the, and the time since. And it's just. I mean, it's the whole spectrum of social justice stuff, and this is part and parcel of it. And just as a citizen, I feel like I have to be here. I mean, nobody wants to have an abortion, but like as they say like this isn't going to end abortions it'll end safe abortions and it'll come down like a ton of bricks on people who are you know least least able to to deal with it just like women who are in harder circumstances i mean it'll be hard for everybody but it'll be especially hard for them and for their families and there's just so so many bad ramifications that could come from it i'm sure this is like a slippery slope of stuff that won't just be a abortion but it'll be other things after that did you ever think we'd be back here again over over the years i've like like a lot of other people like the the, the right to life thing is kind of like been in back of mind I, I admit like complacency i guess like other people just because like i would look at focus on other issues but then just in the last year, it's just become completely obvious and unmissable that, oops, <laughs> that was a lost opportunity. So here I am trying to make up for it. But um, just, I, I stopped, like I got off the metro at Union Station. I was walking through it when I came here. And I was remembering when I was in college in DC in like 1977, late 70s, when they were trying to pass the ERA and I was volunteering for now then. And we were like working in a little room of the UN Union Station doing whatever we were doing to lobby for that. And it was just like so pathetic feeling come in here for this it's still no era and now we got this <laughs> thank you so much for your time i appreciate it uh, th thank you for asking me <laughs> tell me what brought you out here today and then tell me about your sign for listeners it says expand the court with honest judges because uh, the last appointees uh, especially trump's appointed judges have all recognized roe v wade as the law of the land when they were being interviewed all of them, down to Alito, said that was the way it was. That was, it's been our the president for 50 years, and they believed in precedent. And then all of a sudden, this comes down. It is disingenuous. So I feel that you know it wouldn't be the first time the court has been expanded, and we've already lost two positions to their um, hijinks that McConnell took while Obama still had a year in office and forced through when there was just days left in Trump's turn. So I truly feel that um, the court needs to be on a more even keel, given that they're just getting started with scaling back rights. Clarence Thomas decided that it was all right today to talk about looking at gay marriage. Clarence Thomas decided it was okay to talk about maybe scaling back rights to contraception. This is insane, and we have to take action. So that's why I'm here today. So I'm 40 years old. I turned 18 in 2000, so my first time ever voting was the Bush v. Gore, which I feel was stolen. So in a sense, you could say that every single one of the Republicans on the court is in a stolen seat other than Clarence Thomas. That's a good point. An excellent point. And even Thomas didn't get there easily. I also have problems with uh, Thomas in general, given um, his wife's hijinks lately. Um, he says that they are one. Well, if that's the case, he's an insurrectionist. Don't sit back. Make sure that you contact your elected officials, whether you are in a state where abortion is legal or not. 
we need to rise up as one. Reflect. Reflect on, I didn't prepare this completely. I don't know if that's obvious. But reflect on what you are willing to give to this. And if it is not going to center the people who will be most affected by this, keep reflecting. That's all. The class character of this is incredibly violent. The racial aspect of this is incredibly violent. The gendered aspect of this is incredibly violent. And as people have said before me, they will continue to come for every right. If you think it doesn't affect you, wait! Because it's gonna come for you too. This state does not give a fuck about us. It does not give a fuck about anybody across the seas. This, this state, this state, the United States, this is the result of colonial violence. We are all we got. Hi, my name's Katie Baxter. I'm a birth and postpartum doula in the DC area. And I'm out because as a birth doula, someone who supports birth, I see what happens behind the scenes and I see the impacts of systemic racism on the birth mortality rate. And I know this is just gonna increase that amongst so many other deaths for babies and for people giving birth. When abortion bans do happen, they typically affect BIPOC and black communities, uh, especially black communities the hardest. And we know that this ban will cause more people to have to give birth. And so these people who were not going to give birth, they were going to have a safe abortion procedure, are now in the birth space where there is systemic racism present and violence, and that's why people are dying in the first place. So there are more people who are going to actually have to give birth who should not be giving birth or who it's, it's just not going to be good for them when they are giving birth. Also after birth, postpartum, maternal health care, we need leave for everybody. There's just so much we could do and it's not this. I'm out here because I honestly don't know what else to do right now other than donating to your local abortion funds, which is the best way to uh, support people who are now going to be in very dangerous situations. Uh, Baltimore Abortion Fund also brings people to Maryland. So if you're in a state where you don't have access because of the Roe v. Wade overturn, that's an option too. Uh, we've been seeing a big wave of rights being rolled back in really scary ways in the last few weeks. It's honestly too much to even keep up with. And so I'm out here registering my outrage and demanding change. It's a farce. If you read any of the statements, it's very clear that it's all about controlling people's bodies and it's not actually about the law. Even originalism, which is fundamentally flawed, is, does not have grounding for the decisions being made. Um, so you're making a mockery of the courts and what goes around comes around. Hey, tell me why you're out here today. Because abortion should be a human right and uh, the Supreme Court is destroying America. <laughs> what do you think we should do next? I think, um, I mean, definitely voting in November uh, is a big thing, but it's, you know, it's, we've voted before and things have not changed, so it's just, it's just really annoying. <laughs> Tell me about your t-shirt. Um, I'm from Minnesota, so I'm wearing a Mondale Ferraro t-shirt. Um, I think that election especially was an important one. Um, in 84 because you know Ronald Reagan was the devil yes <laughs> and um, 
America definitely failed. Uh, well, not America, but the, the system failed in that election as well as now. Um, yeah, and that's also a thing about um, he was the first person in American history to become the um, the party leader um, with a female vice president candidate. So that was pretty cool of him. <laughs> well, thanks for being out here today. Yeah, thanks for interviewing me. I'm uh, really tired of this minority rule by uh, old white guys uh, and getting into the business of, you know, freedom in this country. You know, here, here's, here we have a landmark decision the first time rights have been taken away from Americans by a court that was packed by people who lied about their, their uh, legal views on Roe v. Wade. And so here we are today. It would seem that all of the Republican appointed justices lied to Congress during their confirmation hearings. That's a crime, right? Yeah, it is. And, it, you know, it's really a sad day because you know, when I was younger, I'm 63-year-old female. And when I was younger, I had a lot of reverence for the United States Supreme Court. And now it's just become another body of political hacks. It's political hacks in robes. And, you know, we can't trust them to steer our future at all. So we, we got to go vote and get the right people making legislation to protect freedoms in this country. Make sure you vote in November. <laughs> but part of, part of the problem has been apathy over the last, you know, 20 years. We all have to go out and vote for the people who can potentially get us what we want as the majority. Well, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. I've been um, a part of... Uh, the generation that had access to abortions um, and I protested many many years ago and I'm here um, to show my discontent and to protest for this next generation and for the generations to come that will not have the options and the choices that my generation had and for them to know that this is not the majority this is the minority who is making decisions for the rest of us and I'm thinking, you know, they just passed these gun laws, you know, they just allowed New York, you know. And you think, how many of these people here today could have guns? It's just, it's just such a slippery slope at this point. Um, and I don't know what we can do. I mean, you know, tell people, I teach, tell my students to come out and vote in those red states. So they change, you know, who was in charge of the red states, the legislators. But I am very disheartened. I'm very sad towards the end of my life to be seeing and experiencing what is going on in this country. We are just, I don't know, we're heading back to before the 50s. And um, we're no longer the shining beacon light on the hill. So, you know, that's, that's very disheartening. I mean, I write letters. I spend time in other states. And I do send letters and write and contact other legislators. But, you know, Eleanor Holmes Norton and, you know, Muriel Bowser can only do so much. I'm just going to wait and see what happens and do what I can and try to encourage young girls, young boys to get out and vote. I mean, even though the previous president tried to claim that it was fraud, that it wasn't a legitimate. So I don't know. It's just um, I feel like our hands are being tied. But, you know, things change and the pendulum swings and, you know, uh, Kavanaugh and Amy and they all have kids. I'll be curious as to what their children are saying at the dinner table when they go to school and they go to their private schools. I don't know how you overturn a Supreme Court ruling. I, I really, I'm, I'm ignorant of 
you know, the politics of that. Um, and, you know, to pack the courts. Biden ain't packing the courts. There's no way. And he's not going to run again. And who, did the, who are the Democrats, Democrats going to put up? Bernie Sanders? Elizabeth Warren? This morning, listening to the local news, and it came on. And I was waiting for it. I was expecting it. But it just it made me sick to my stomach. I could barely get out of bed. And I thought, you know, I had to go to work. And I thought, you know, I've got to come down here. So here I am hoping that the next generation will be able to turn this around. I came out here today because I feel terribly upset by the injustice that the Supreme Court handed down. Um, dumping out 50 years of um, established law, stare decisis or something, I think that's it. You got it. And it, it just feels like a tiny group of extremists are calling the shots and it's going to result in death and ruin lives and it's absolutely misogyny and nothing more. There's no other way to look at it. And it also is evidence that we don't have the separation of church and state to any extent anymore. It's very upsetting. What should we do next? Well, we have to vote them out and I guess uh, revisit the legitimacy of some of these appointees. Like Kavanaugh was questionable. That was a rush job. That was an absurd rush job. And the same Amy Coney Barrett, I think it was 20 was something days. Job. It's absurd. It was a rush job. It's the it was nothing about Trump's cleverness. It was everything about the machinations of Mitch McConnell. So and it's also possible that Clarence Thomas should be impeached for any number of things. But it doesn't matter that they don't shouldn't have the right to decide things that only affect one gender. That's absurd. In this country, that's absurd. Sure, I'm a social worker, and I'm in D.C. for a national conference. And part of our ethos and part of, you know, what drives us, and it's even written in our policy guide, is that social workers support the access to abortion services and believe strongly that reproductive health is a form of um, medical services and that you have the right to medical care for reproductive care just as you do for any other life-saving care or any other um, medical procedure. And we're big believers in supporting someone through their entire life. Um, and sometimes that life includes a choice to not carry pregnancy to term for all different reasons. Um, we watch as social workers as people enter this world and the other side likes to tell us that uh, they're pro-life, but they're not pro-life from you know the time that that, you know, that, that prenatal care isn't covered um, in, in our country. We have terrible prenatal care. We don't have um, maternal and, pre and you know, pregnancy leave. Um, when that baby is born, we don't support them by uh, our our public schools. We've been chipping away, you know, more and more at um, what we hold dear in this country, and it's it's not people, it's profits. So, if we're really, you know, talking about being pro-life, then you're pro people being able to make decisions in their life to support themselves, to support their families, to live, you know, a sustainable and healthy life. Um, and sometimes abortion is on the table for that. You know, if, if there's an issue that's, that's, that's going around, if it's, um, you know, if you're dealing with homelessness in your community or you're seeing um, 
a rise in, in um, drug use or um, overdoses, you know, educate yourself about what's going on and look at the root of it. Look at why people are in the situations that they're in. In social work, we work in person and environment is, is the kind of modality that we're rooted in. Um, harm reduction is a big portion of what we do. I'm, actually, I'm a harm reduction therapist as well for <laughs> substance use. Um, but yeah, educate yourself to what the bigger issue is because it's easy to look at someone and judge and make the snap judgment, um, but understand what the bigger ills are in your community, understand where we need to help, understand where systems are failing individuals. What compelled you to come out here today? Um, well, me and my husband, Will, here too. Um, we got pregnant earlier this year. It was a wanted pregnancy and we... Uh, our son, Jordan, was very, very sick with a genetic disease that he inherited from both of us. And so we decided to terminate the pregnancy at 24 weeks. Um, when we went in for the procedure, which was at a clinic here in D.C., we found out that he had actually already died from this disease. So we didn't actually have to go through with the entire process. But... Um, it was the worst experience of my life. And that, the stage of pregnancy I was at, 24 weeks, that is illegal in 44 states. And I think this is gonna make things so much worse for so many people for so many reasons, but I'm just thinking a lot today about people like myself who have gone through the worst experience of their lives and are going to be told to wait to have a stillbirth or will have to travel hundreds of miles to get to one of the few clinics in the U.S. where you can deal with these things. But that's the reality of termination for medical reasons because you normally don't find out until like 20 weeks with most of those things. And it's devastating. I'm pretty sure you can get an abortion in D.C. up to 31 weeks. There are really excellent services here. They are sometimes super expensive, especially that late in pregnancy, but there are great abortion funds that can help people um, provide for them. And I, my guess is that, like, D.C. is going to continue to be a place where abortion access is among the strongest in the country and that people will travel here if they can. I'm hopeful that the city will work to like create more infrastructure around that because I think it's incredibly important to support. What's the path forward? Whew, I don't know. I mean, I think in the short term, like we have to take care of each other. Um, like I've been thinking a lot about we have a basement. And, like I would like to start hosting people who come here for free and you know making that part of like what I can do. As far as like kind of the political issues, I think we're stuck with this for like decades. Like I think we're totally screwed and it's just good about like what can we do in our communities to support each other. I respect everyone's views but no one has the right to stamp on mine. I think that women should be supporting women as well as looking out for low income areas where this is really going to be hitting hard. Anything else you want to say? Just to mobilize and to get out there and make your voice heard, because it always matters. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here because I want reproductive rights for all women in the United States.
What's your message for the Supreme Court justices who are obviously listening uh, that voted to overturn Roe today? That the women in their lives are not going to be the ones who aren't going to get abortions. It's the low-income women who are going to get screwed by this the most, and they need to think about them and not themselves. What do you think the path forward looks like? How do we how do we reverse this? I honestly have no idea. I can't. I I think just people need to mobilize. I think that's the most important part. Um, I guess I sort of feel powerless. I don't have that much money, so I can't donate, and this is the only way I sort of knew how to, like you said, register my outrage in a productive way. Um, so yeah. When the SCOTUS justices listen to this podcast, which I know they will be, do you have a message for them? Um, I think you should give people access to basic resources. Otherwise, like the country will just implode on itself. You can't just treat people like dirt forever. We are here from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and this just happened while we were in town. And we were like, well, this is history in the making. We have to get out here and, and be part of this, especially because we don't agree with the court. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is it is a shame that Ruth, she was wonderful, but it's really kind of too bad that she didn't retire so that Obama could have appointed a justice, because I, I don't know. Obviously, that's part of it, is, is having a better court, but that's far off now, because, it, it, you know, they hold it for life. So, I remember being a college student in the 90s and discovering Planned Parenthood. You know, these, these things are very, very important to women, and it's absolutely true that reproductive rights are health care. It's, it's a fundamental right. The Supreme Court has just had one ruling after another that just pissed me off. Um, three days ago, it was uh, with the EPA and overturning pr environmental protections. Yesterday, with the gun law, um, with New York, so that the, and then today with overturning Roe versus Wade, and they don't make any sense. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I'm just I'm. This the makeup of the Supreme Court. I just feel like so th there should be term limits on these guys, and 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 we we need to make some changes. The politicians that we have don't have the courage to say, "Hey, oh, let's just like put term limits on these on these justices or do anything like radical." Congress would also need to pass legislation. But I mean, they, the problem is with this court is they have issues with the, they overturn Congress legislation. They say, oh, it needs to go to the states so the states can pass legislation. But then they're also overturning state legislation like up in New York. So I, they don't make any sense. I'm here protesting the overturning of Roe v. Wade and our constitutional right to privacy. What do you think the path forward looks like? What I hope it looks like is that it will, we will pack the court, that we'll move forward with legislation legalizing abortion for everyone, that there will be a presidential executive order legalizing abortion for everyone, but I don't think that's going to happen. Vote, but also call your congressman. Do what you can, donate what you can, don't just sit there and be angry. Uh, my message for people is that we need to stand up for what's right and just because a court's saying it, like I'm a lawyer, so like I can tell you if they overturned it, we can put it back and we have to fight to put the people in office and also show our concern for our fellow humans. Some folks are saying we need to vote, others are saying pack the court. What's your take on the path forward? Um, 
I'll be honest with you, I'm team vote just because I don't trust us not to put more people on the court and then them gain controls years later and pack the court again. So I think we need to vote and we need to get more people on the court. And if pack the court is the solution in the end, I'm down for it. <laughs> like, we do what we gotta do. Um, I'm out here today because I couldn't not be. Um, I found out the news at work and I took a couple laps and I said a couple expletives into the sky and I had to leave and I, I left and I got my stuff in a bag and I'm here. Um, I'm a white woman. I'm well off, you know, well, well-ish off. I'm a student. I have debt. <laughs> but um, I couldn't not be here. This, I didn't totally believe it would happen, but I'm also not surprised that it happened. So while I'm able to, I'm going to be here. What do you think we should do next? Oh God. Well, for me, I'm, I am going to law school. I have LSAT books collecting dust next to my bed. I have a master's degree already. Um, and at work, I joke that I'm a fake lawyer, but I read a lot of legislation and I deal with Congress already, and I want to have the power that they think that they have, but I actually want to do something about it. You said prohibition, I kind of giggled because my family a hundred years ago was sort of put out of business because of prohibition. They had saloons, and then they passed the prohibition laws there. So it was a double, a double entendre, a play on words. Um, I, I could not, not be here. Uh, is the long and the short uh, sentence uh, to encapsulate it. I could not not be here. Uh, my conscience uh, compels me, propels me uh, to be engaged, uh, to act out to the degree I possibly can, my human conscience, my moral conscience, my ethical conscience, and those frames of reference. And on uh, issues like this, today's, today, a day like today, um, if you if you say, well, some other time, I mean, you might as well be dead. Yes, um, this is my th 300. I mean, shit, excuse me, my 135th demonstration since uh, the killing of George Floyd, um, and uh, I had a mild heart attack on December the 13th and um, yeah so the doctor said no more steps for you uh, find yourself a place in the suburbs uh, all one level though I lived in here for 59 years in the district never had a boring half hour here you know the, the, the fun is here to be found if one's looking for it yes and the cerebral massage is what I refer to it if you if you just look and listen, and uh, and uh, do a little research, and actually you don't have to do even a little research. It's there, ubiquitous, uh, staring us in the face. Uh, fantastic museums, parks, and the people who made it against the law to have high rises. We ought to have a statue to all of them. Schools should be named after each one of them. Uh, because there's no claustrophobia here. I mean, in Baltimore, Philadelphia, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, three o'clock people say, what, what, what happened to the sun? Nothing happened to the sun. It's friggin' buildings blocked it out. Not here. Not here.
What's your message to young people? Look, listen, and learn. And, and practice the lessons that you learned. They may seem confusing to you now, but look at the old people around you. Look at the people who disable around you. Look at the uh, uh, people of every color on, uh, in the rainbow and ask yourself, what drove them out here? I mean, here I am, a white guy from the South, 83 years old next month, and I identify with these and have all my life. So, I mean, some people say, that, that guy's crazy. You know, a white guy from the South on crutches? <laughs> Somebody must pay him to be here. No, 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 it's in my heart. It's been since I was a child. And so I'll, I'll just access your podcast to see what great interviews you've had versus the fillers, the marginalia, the peripheral ones, okay? Thank you, Scott. We're out here supporting women's rights to choose what happens to their body. Uh, my science says America, where a virus has more reproductive rights than a woman. And I feel like it's true. We fought so hard to get rid of masks and things like that. Why aren't people fighting as hard for women's rights? Um, that's why we're out here as a male, just showing support for women and just so, saying that we're an ally. Show support, show up to protests like this, get out and vote, like vote for people who make decisions in our country um, as a way to say this isn't right. Let your voice be heard. Well, I got the news uh, on my phone like everybody else did around uh, 10 something. Uh, I was at work and had to go into an office to keep from crying at work um, and a bunch of us uh, sat around and watched the president's address and um, I'm not usually someone who comes out uh, to protests and things. Um, I've done the women's march uh, and the march that we had a few weeks ago, and it just feels a lot different now that we knew it was coming, but it feels a lot different now that it's actually here. And my best friend has been supporting um, women for a very long time in uh, working in correctional facilities, trying to help the disenfranchised, and she's unable to be here. Some of my other friends are unable to be here, and this is a way that I, I can represent those who aren't here. And also, um, you know, I didn't expect to have such an emotional reaction as I did. And um, this is what I feel I can do. I feel a bit helpless right now, um, and I'm not sure what to do, especially living in D.C. Um, and this feels like at least the first step, and I'm sure many more that are to come. I feel like this decision caused a lot of turmoil in the United States, you know, because I feel like it wasn't worth causing all this trouble like you didn't need to do all this it was it was unnecessary in my opinion what do you think the path forward looks like what do I, we do next my personal opinion the path forward is nothing there's nothing really this can do it might, I don't, I'm just saying protests in my opinion they don't do too much you can only protest for that long but it still doesn't impact the law like, you, know, you can't change the law during protest in contradiction to my my friend here I think I think the protests do a lot it, it really it really, it's really up to the public to see if they really want to put their voice out and send their message to really make a change and to make all of this happen. You know, as long as we're trying to get our message out and some way we could tap in, uh, you know, to Congress or the government to try to make a change, that's a good way or a good step in the positive direction. With that being said, we got to get those voters out there. You know, I mean, this is a democracy. We have to take advantage of that. You know, we're very fortunate to be in a position where we can vote upon things, you know, we got to take advantage of that opportunity. 
you know, we can, we can tr never truly understand what, what that's like, but we can do our best to get educated, do our best to put ourselves in that position and help in any way we can. And that's by getting in involved in things like this. Gotta, gotta get involved. Get involved. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Every single year we bail black mothers out of cages to be home with their children. And here we are today now saying that we don't have autonomy over our own bodies. That we are criminalized and that we are prosecuted because of the choices that we make. That is bullshit. That is bullshit. And I'm sick and tired of this because when our black sons and daughters are in these streets, don't nobody give a fuck about them. When MPD and the police shoot our kids in the streets, don't nobody give a fuck about them. And I am tired of this shit. I'm tired of coming out into these streets. But guess what? I will continue to come out in these streets each and every time. Each and every time there's a need, I will be in these streets to continue to protect my right of choice. I am tired. I am sick and tired. This is not fair, and we will continue to rise up. We will continue to fight back each and every time. There is a threat against my body, against my choice. Thanks for listening to this episode of Prohibited, a podcast about prohibition. Our editor is Chris Harris. Our music is by KCAP. Our webmaster is Ricardo Amaya, and I'm your host, Scott Cecil. If you enjoyed this show, please check out our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash prohibited and share it with your friends and family. This podcast is a production of Prohibited Media. You can find a full archive of our episodes at our website at prohibitedpodcast.com. And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, be sure to leave a rating and a review. It helps new listeners find us. If you have ideas or feedback for the show, feel free to send us an email at prohibitedpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, no matter how prohibition impacts your life and the lives of those around you, you're still free to think for yourself, and we hope we've given you something to think about today. We hope you enjoyed the show, and see you next time.